Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. If we sound a little bit different tonight, uh, James is back in in his room with with all of his the correct equipment and the setup. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm under the weather, and I have a new microphone that I'm testing, um, and it's a little it's a little quirky compared to the other one. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. So if you're for the listeners, um, I hope it sounds good. Well, we won't try to touch it up too much in post. We'll see how. <laughs> We'll see how it sounds. Uh, James, how's it going, buddy? I was talking to you for 30 minutes before this started, and I had no idea that you were sick (laughs) or a little bit under the weather. Yeah, so I slept with the windows open last week, and it dropped to, like, the mid-40s because that's what September is like here. Oh, my God. It's, like, 70 and 80 degrees during the day, and then it is in the, you know, high 40s and 50s and 60s is it really that cold um it's it was in the 60s today i don't think it broke 70 today uh and that's it like i really uh the first weekend second weekend in october it is that is over uh it is just cold rainy that first whatever weekend the first 10 days it's a cold rainy weekend one of those weekends, and then that's it uh wow i didn't realize it got that cold that fast yeah we had a little bit of a cold spell it's been raining a bunch uh, hasn't been super great weather, so I've been cooped up inside a little bit, um, and then I got a, a little bit of a cold here. So I'll try to mute myself uh, when I cough uh, because it's been happening. I do have a a glass of water here to help do that. But go ahead. It was eighty six here today. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> God damn it! I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> some news to get to first. There were. There were a trio of defensemen that retired on Tuesday. Um, I want to say in the morning, but I I saw it in the afternoon. Um, So the the, the three are P.K. Subban, Keith Yandel, and Zdeno Chara, um, the latter of which matter to Islanders fans. And, you know, he, he retired to 24 seasons. I think he'll be remembered for the time in between his Islanders stints. Um, and, and some Islander fans pointed that out specifically. And I didn't really know how I felt about it. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we touched on it here. You know, some mixed emotions. Um, was it worth bringing him back? Like, and I, that that's a probably a loaded question because I think... Oh, yeah. Well, go go ahead. I'll let you do. I'll let you kind of take care of it, and then I I, I have some thoughts now that I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. So when you pose this question to me at first, I'd like really think about it because you're right. It, it's a loaded question, but it, the way I see it, look, did it work out on the ice? Clearly, no, it didn't. But you know, was it ideal to lose the year? They they could have been back in the playoffs, you know, third year in a row. Of course it wasn't. Like, it, the things that happened, you know, on the ice as a result, of course that's not what you wanted to happen. However, and whether you believe this or not, Zdeno Charo brought a tremendous amount of value to the young players on the Islanders. Like he taught guys like Matthew Barzell, who was, you know, gushing about his work ethic on 32 Thoughts this weekend, um, you know, in his 10 minute segment with Elliot and uh, Jeff. Um, you know, we already know he was a clear mentor to Noah Dobson, who blossomed this year. And if you saw, you know, the, the comments from Robin Sallow and Grant Hutton earlier today uh, after morning skate. You know, they just spoke so highly of him and, and what they learned from him in just, you know, a single year. So was it a complete mistake? No, I, I wouldn't go there because his one year uh, with the Islanders could have major positive implications and an impact 
on the youth moving forward. And, you know, even today after he retired as a Bruin, like you don't get to 45 years old, still playing in the NHL without taking care of yourself and having a regiment and, um, you know, just doing something right. Right. And, you know, Barzell in his interview with Jeff and Elliot was talking about, you know, I got to the gym and he was there and I was done and ready to leave. And he was still there. Like he just was a workhorse. He's a, he's a, you know, a beast. He's an animal. Like he's just a different breed of human. And you saw that with, you know, the kind of shape he was in again at 45 you can't you can't replace that kind of value again was it ideal to miss the playoffs no was it was ideal? He the reason though i think that's where I, that's the question that i have well, like, there's that too with or without chara i the islanders i think are in that that spot which i think is a little bit of the worry going into this season right like right. will romanov improve uh we'll get to whoever whomever might get that sixth spot too there's, there's definitely a question there but I, I'm not I think that's the worry going into this season, but I'm not sure if that was it. Like there were so many circumstances. Well, you're right. It's and, gonna and be that's... so hard to to compare both of these seasons. And 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 we needn't go over all the little things that you know that went wrong last year. Chara, frankly, is low on that list. Was it a good signing? I think we could confidently say no. He was exposed. He was exposed. Right. Um, I think he was overused as well. I, I think that's that's kind of part of the problem when you have two um forty five. No, but when you have two defensemen that are, you know, thirty-nine and forty-four or forty-five years old, they you can't, you know, you're really down to four defensemen. And when you actually trust them more than your youngsters, that creates even more of a problem. Right. So they weren't even used correctly or being able to get set up for success. That's kind of how I and so I don't I ultimately don't think I'm not saying it was or wasn't their fault, but I don't know they, you know, including any green in that. I don't think Chara was the linchpin on any of that, whether or not they were going to make no playoffs. No, there was a list of reasons. There was a list of reasons why the Islanders didn't make the playoffs last season. Chara is on that list. He's one. I think I think he's low on that list is my point. Right. You're you're correct. So that's where I think that plays into it a little bit more. Right. Uh, additionally, just, I, I feel just the, 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 it's just one of those easy things to say, Oh, we didn't make the playoffs last year because we had Zidane Chara on the blue line. That's, that's a lot of how, you know, people, I guess, cope with the fact that this is what happened. And then these were the facts. Um, it's not a fact that the Islanders didn't make the playoffs because of Chara, but he was part of the problem. Um, like you said, low on that list definitely part of the problem and, and not that he wasn't a great player his whole career it was just you know it, last year was was it for him like he, he's got he doesn't have anything left obviously clearly he retired so yeah. um but i i i don't want to leave i don't want to stop there on that point i don't want to end on that point i think that the point for me here is although it wasn't ideal to you know not be in the playoffs and and um the way it worked out on the ice wasn't ideal everything else the impact he had on and off the ice for everyone else i i don't think you can replace that yeah he left it uh, his mark on this team I, th- I think that's very clear uh to say i think it's very fair to say and we might not know the fruit of that um until this season or the season after um depending right. on how dobson continues to develop or robin sallow or Really, anybody. Um, I'm yeah. sure Chara, like a lot of Islander alumni that happen, you know, some of them are are defensemen. There's Seidenberg is around, Martinek is still around, um, Boychuk is is has been around the team and is now back in an official capacity um, with the club. So, you know, I, I imagine he won't be far. It's not like he wasn't teammates with with some of these people. So, I, I think, uh, you know. The, the players on the Islanders. So it's not like he's not a text away. Um, yeah. 45 years old. You know, who, who could blame him? He's, he, he got tired, um, gave it a shot in, in Washington after a really long stint in Boston. Um, 
gave it a shot with the Islanders one one last kick and um he may have just really wanted to to play and this seemed like a good opportunity I don't want to say he didn't want to win but maybe that mattered a little bit less to him uh he yeah. just he thought this is a good organization if we win that's great I th- I just want to be around this team I think I can help I think I can be an asset in some way um right. and, he, and he was and I think even already the post that I were that I was seeing and, and even myself um, we're nostalgic about Chara's time with the Islanders, not even in the nineties, right? If I hadn't been a conscious fan of this team and Chara wasn't in the NHL. Right. You know, right. that's, you know, that's, a that's a heavy thing. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people our age that can't remember a time in the NHL. Um, it's almost like when Yager retired. Like we don't know a time without him. Char is really the last of those. I, maybe Joe Thornton, um, if, if he comes back, it seems unlikely. Yep. I haven't heard anything. So Char skating was really in San Jose. Skating. He was in a. Uh, he was in like someone's gym, like a friend's gym. I saw a video. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, he's working out with a bunch of just like regular, regular people. Um, <laughs> regular Joes. Just all I know is just like men and women. They were just doing like very regular workouts, and I was like, "Good for him." He's just kind of like getting out there and doing yeah. his thing, um, unap- unapologetically. I, I I like that. No no kind of shame or, you know, whatever. Just kind of going out there and doing it. Um, but I, th- you know, it's it's weird to think about not having him in the league. And you know, whether or not he was with the Islanders in that last season is different. But I think it hits home a little bit harder. So we're like we're all very nostalgic. And I think that masks maybe some of the things that you were discussing about, you know, him not necessarily being a, mis- a mistake, um, but was it problematic that that he was the one of the defensemen that were signed um, on the unsus? I think that's fair. I, I think that's um, no matter how you want to spin it. But I, I nostalgically, right now in this moment, the season's over. It's behind us. We're, we're getting, you know, rookie camp is, is finishing up or development camp or whatever you want to call it we can all move on from that and say, man, it was kind of great to have him. Wasn't it like, wasn't, wasn't that last game? Wasn't, wasn't it fun to like have him around and you know, it's it's easy for us to kind of separate, but I think for even, and I, and I don't like this because we've discussed before, like I really don't care how long you've been a fan or how old you are or whatever, but for the fans that like us, that just, you know, I, we wear the fisherman stuff. I'm wearing a fisherman hat. Now you can't really see it. Um, I did for the video, uh, viewers i dipped my head down so you could see it um just got it off the ebay um very good deal but you know we wear this stuff partly because of him he was huge like i got literally i mean literally and figuratively i have somewhere in my mom's attic and I'm, I'm hell-bent on finding it the the islanders used to have these magazines that they they'd put out and they had previous to when he like when he got drafted he was the centerfold and it was like this big fold out thing, like poster. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. And it folded. It, you know, they were trying to make a point that he was so tall, and they had a big so tall, right? You, you had they had a big like measuring thing, like measuring how tall he was. They were making like the biggest deal out of. I and I cannot find it on the internet. Like this doesn't this doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I and I'm like I feel like I I'm in a fever dream. Like thinking like I swear there was this thing, right? But like they had a little fold out on the top just to like make the extra point that he was so tall. So it was like this regular eight and a half by 11, but they had his little fold out at the very top to just show like, and it was like the rest of his head or something. It was like, that's just where it was. And it just folded out. It was, it was, it was very cool. But, you know, it's like, we all became fans when, you know, he was, um, you know, I think it's like Brian Berard and Eric Fischo right. and you know, all, all these kind of Brian McCabe, um, all these type of players when we were growing up, like that was it Ziggy Palfy. Um, so it's, I think it's going to be a little hard to move on. I don't think it's just going to be that easy. I, I mean, I have a, a plaque, like he was a big enough Islander where they made little um, like baseball card holders for him. Like I have one and I hadn't yeah. signed it. Like, and my, my mom used to go when Charles Wong owned the team. I don't know if I told the story on the, on the podcast. When Charles Wong owned the team, he was the, he was the owner of Computer Associates. They would bring a handful of players into Computer Associates, and they would sign stuff. So I couldn't go. I had to go to school. So my mom would tell me the night before, 
here are the players that are coming. So I would go through all of my hockey cards and I would pull out all of my hockey cards and I would give all and flags, anything I had that had Islanders on it. And I would give them to her and she would go get them signed for me. Wow. And so I have like for three or four years worth from like 99, maybe 2000 to 2003, four. I have like very like Chris Osgood signatures on like Red Wings cards, just because that's all I. There were there there were no Islander cards of him, so I would just give my um give my mom all the stuff, and she would go get them signed. Um, I just like big. I guess it went on for a pretty long time because I have like Alexa Yashin, an enormous Alexa Yashin poster, and a Michael Pekka poster signed. Like she must have looked like an absolute lunatic. Like the, what she did for for me it was just ridiculous because she would just I I imagine just come with like literally a box of stuff and be like you're going to be here a minute. Like you got to sign yeah. this stuff. Um but Chara was one of those, you know, probably in one of the first years, honestly. Just wow. because um he wasn't with the team much longer after 2000. So it's a little That's true. And I just missed Siggy Palfy too. That's that was upsetting or maybe he just didn't oh. he just didn't go. Um, but yeah, you know, like when I think back to all that stuff, but Char was around. Um, so it's saying this all out loud, you know, I didn't really think about it all day, but saying it all out loud. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard. You know, I'm happy for him. Yeah. It's like a real estate agent. Like he, he's set, like, I'm not worried about him, but, uh, it must be hard. You know, Char is so a about, real estate agent. Yeah. I think he has like his real estate license. Like he's, I know, I know he's Brandon one of those people. He's doing that right now. That's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I, I think players really kind of go out and do, you know, not everybody is like a, more of a modern uh, player off the ice, like a Keith Kincaid where they're doing some like NFTs and, you know, more modern, just kind of like stuff like that. You know, some, yeah. some players are just going to get other degrees or other things to, to kind of do uh, thinking about after their career. Um, I'm pretty sure he has his real estate license. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's um, really cool. Did but not know that. Good for him. Um, another former Islander defenseman news, as we mentioned, Johnny Boychuk in a player development role uh, yep. with team. Do you like this hire? And what do you think it means to the team to have him there in an official capacity? Because he was obviously around the team in, in one way or another. But what does it mean yeah. to this team to to really just have him there officially? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I I really like this hire. Um, you know, there's something to be said about a guy who's drafted to the NHL takes him years to make his debut. I think it was like somewhere between four and six years. I don't remember exactly how many years. Um, but eventually he he gets there, uh, blossoms into a top four defenseman, is an important piece to the Boston Bruins when they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, so we won a cup. And it's just, you know, his personality, like he's he was a well-liked guy. He's the kind of guy when, you know, he speaks, others just want to listen. Um, you know, and, and, and that's just, uh, it's hard, you, you can't teach that. And it's a special way for him to connect with his players and everything. And, you know, I just think that there's, there was so, so much on his path to the NHL that is valuable for him to teach guys like Alexander Romanov, who's going through, you know, some growing pains, right? We, we, we don't know him as an Islander yet, but, you know, sifting through the comments and the articles and such on his career so far, right? We know he's a, a defensive defenseman, but he's got some things to work on. And I, who better than Johnny Boychuk, a guy who, you know, had to work really hard to become an NHL player uh, and, and you know, make his own path. And, and and after he got drafted, it took him six years to get there. He had to work really hard to get there. Who better to learn than a guy like that who went through that tough road, right? That's um, a really good point about Romanov because that I think Romanov has a little bit more and nothing against Boychuk. I think they're, no, they're slightly different I was going to say this respect. too. Yeah, I, I think Romanov has a little bit more upside. I do. Um, I think I think that skating ability and Boychuk right. is much more of an old school like bull in a china shop type, right? And, and with a big it. shot, you know. And that's not not Romanov, you know what I mean? And but he looks like a little bit like a better skater than 
Well, that's the thing, right? I, I think they they have similar play styles, but Romanov just has the modern skating ability where he's faster. Um, you know, he's a better skater, and you know his shot has been spoken about as being underrated. He's got a pretty heavy shot, um, but you know he's he's a defenseman who utilizes the body to create space, take the puck off of his opponent. All things that Johnny Boychuk did. So if Johnny Boychuk can show him. You know, this is what I did to solidify solidify myself in the top four of a Boston Bruins team that won a Stanley Cup. If Alexander Romanov has the tools to become a better player than Boychuk, and he just needs the knowledge, that's a perfect pairing right there. You know, and I know that you know that the the title for him wasn't specified for Boychuk wasn't specified. Right, player development is that going to be prospects? Is it going to be NHL players? I, I'm not 100% sure yet. Regardless, training camp starts on Wednesday, and he'll be there. Or Thursday, he'll 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 be there. Wednesday, like so, this week, Wednesday? How do I not week, know yeah. that? Yeah, this week. Well, so, I've, been real, I've been really sick, so I've not been paying attention. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sicker so than I it, thought, anyway. It starts this week. He's going to be there. And, you know, so will guys like Romanov. So will guys like Robin Sallow. Um, you know. That's right. I, I, again, we don't know what he's going to be like as a coach, but he's not a head coach. He's not an associate coach. He's a development coach. He's one of those guys who can say, here's, here's what I did. I've been there. I've done that, you know, take these steps and and you'll, you'll have success. And, and again, it has a lot to do with his personality. He's one of those guys that when he speaks, others want to listen. And it's just because he's so well liked, he's so personable and he knows how to get, you know, that's why he wore a, a, a letter on his chest. He wasn't the captain, but he was still a leader. And, you know, again, there's the, there's the cliches, I get it, but he just is one of those guys. Whenever, you know, another player speaks with Johnny Boychuk, they just, they glow about him and, and, you know, he's just, so he's just so well-liked. I really do like the comparison uh, or, or the, the, the idea that he's going to be there with Romanov. The parallel. I, I, yeah, I like that, that parallel between the two of them. Um, and then the influence, you know, if, if Chara can have an influence on someone like Dobson um, and they're very different players, imagine if it was somebody that was a little bit more like um, like Dobson. Not to say that, right. you know, not again, you're not knocking Chara, but if, if Boychuk can have an influence even a little bit on Romanov, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, seems to have the skill set. It just needs to be honed in. And he's still 22 years old. It's much like Dobson, who I'm sure can continue to develop and grow and um is he Kale McCarr level? I don't think so. Could be, but he's still so young. He, you know, there's so much more room for him to grow. He can be his own version of whatever that is. And you know, if if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, you know, during his time on Long Island, Romanov or Dobson, um, they'll play a significant role. It doesn't really matter oh, if yeah. they if it's because they scored 85 points, um, and and led defensemen in scoring in, on the way to the cup, or they were just really good at being a defenseman. Um, yeah. So if, if Chara can continue to have an influence on the team one way or another, boy, Chuck can continue to do this. They really are kind of surrounding themselves with uh, these players that can, you know, the core of this team, as we said, is much younger than the periphery in so much as, you know, a Palmieri and a Peugeot and so on and so forth. So if, if they're they are going to kind of use that, you know, the Barzells, the Sorokins, the Romanovs, the Dobsons, and so on, uh, and Bavillier for you know all intents and purposes at this moment, that's really the 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 kind of core moving forward. If you can surround that team with some veterans who have won, um, yeah, I think that's really important. Which is why you know I, I he doesn't have an official title, but Seidenberg's around. I really like that because again, he was another player, you know, with the Bruins. You know, whatever it doesn't matter. He, you know, eventually came to the Islanders and, and again, been there, done that, has won, um, has been successful. And, you know, somebody somebody had said to me, like, oh, well, you know, if you're if you're basing this solely on the fact that he was a good player, like Wayne Gretzky didn't couldn't hack it as a coach. And I, it's just not I don't think it's the same. You know, that's it's being one of those able things, to teach. That's a that's right. a tough thing to translate when you're the greatest mind in, in hockey to tell people, oh, just be there. Like, right. why, how, how, why do you not understand? Right. Like, oh, and that's you just the thing, right? This. I, I feel like when when you're, like you said, the greatest mind in hockey, 
you don't go through the adversities. And I think that there's a lot to to learn by going through the adversities. And, and then when you're, you know, in the position of Johnny Boychuk, having gone through them, you can now relay those messages. You can relay those, those, um, those adversities you've been through. And, and you know, I guess kind of try to guide players away from having to go through those adversities and just breaking right through and coming out on the other side. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with the DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on a football game anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on Stepped Up Same Game Parlays once per game day, all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nassim and Hockey is also brought to you by Raycon. Lately, John and I have been listening to a lot of hockey podcasts, and it's been great. One reason it's been so great to listen to? Well, because we use Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. The Raycon wireless earbuds John and I both use offer three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and my personal favorite feature, the awareness mode that lets you hear outside of the earbuds when they're in your ears while listening to songs, podcasts, video games, whatever you're using your Raycon wireless earbuds for. Not only have I been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to listen to podcasts, but I've also been using them to listen to music, play video games, watch TV shows, pretty much anything audio related that I need. So go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. I want to move on to the Barzell interview on 32 Thoughts because I think this got people really excited one one way or another. Um, yeah. Some some questions, some we've heard this before. Um, do, do you think we have? Is this is this different? Is what we're hearing out of him different? Did you did you hear the interview? Like you you listened to the whole thing? I did actually. Made, I made a point to listen to the entire thing okay. today. I mean, look, I get it. Like players just use these cliches, you know, but he really gushed about loving it in New York, loving it on Long Island. Like some people referred to, like you said, I've heard this before. No, you really haven't. Like he talks so highly about being from, you know, he, he considers himself a New Yorker. Now you heard that tidbit. I would say, um, he goes, 51 49 new yorker probably 60 40 maybe like he's like he's he's ingrained in in new york he's ingrained in long island and you know he said it's an underrated place to live i love my life here like you didn't hear that before right there's so much passion behind his words what you heard before years ago when when we were all left heartbroken was business this was not business this was i love it here and there's a difference i I get it i get it you can be hesitant to believe it i understand and it's there's still business to be done um and again per elliot friedman those talks have started but the fact of the matter is, is that you have not heard this before. He glows about being a New Yorker or an import 
you know, from Canada, now a New Yorker, loving Long Island. It, it, it's not what you've heard before. I think that's right. And I don't want to play devil's advocate or find a way to not play that up more because I did hear all of that. Um, he even said, he even kind of slipped up right before uh, Friedman said, uh, so you heard it here first, Barzell extension coming um, or something to that effect. It was because Barzell had said, yeah, in two or three years, um, my, all my buddies are going to have to come out from uh, BC to New York. So, you know, Friedman, I think playing around, you know, half joking at least was like, oh, that does that mean you heard it here first, like an extension? Um, and, you know, I, I think the his personality definitely came out a little bit more. We don't often get to see that from Barzell. Right. That's something that Tavares uh, didn't have uh, was, was a personality, at least not with the public at all, which is curious um, as a leader of a team. Um, but Barzell definitely let that out a little bit. And you could tell, you know, he nearly said as much, um, you know, he would be more interested in being more of of face. It's just more of a Lamorello thing and a team thing. And, and Friedman made mention of that as well. And I'll say this about Lamorello. The way that he does business is working against him in this case, because Barzell is controlling the PR. This is this is an opportunity because you don't he doesn't get media opportunities often. Right. right. So this was um, somewhat of an uncontrolled space. This is Barzell being Barzell. He's a member of the Islanders, but he's there almost, you know, on on his own behalf in some respect. And he gets to control the PR to pretty much say, I want to be there. If this doesn't work out, it is not my fault. And I think a lot of players do that. Hey, I want, I said the whole way up, you know, this didn't work out. It's not on me. And this is where Lamorello right. is the way that he does business could hurt him in, in this case. Did you, I know, did I, you hear the other day? Uh, it might've been yesterday or two days ago as you're hearing this, um, Lamorello's comments on Barzell because he, he was uh, asked if extension talks have started. And it was one of those things where he kind of beat around the bush or whatever and said, you know, he ended it with, I'm, I'm Matthew Barzell's biggest fan. You know, I, of course I, you know, of course I want him here. That's, that's, I don't want to say it's a stupid question, but that's a stupid question. Yeah. It's, it's slightly off brand for him to be that straightforward, but it doesn't yeah. help that it wasn't, I don't, I don't know what we, I really expected him to say. Cause I did, you know, now that you're saying I do remember that, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it hurts. And it's this is why it's so weird. Like, I'll never understand him. It's actually annoying, frankly. There, there's no reason why you couldn't be like, yeah, of, of course. We're, we're talking about, like, that hurts something. Right. That does, I, it's not like other GMs haven't said, yeah, we're actively making this work here. Uh, we're, right. we're, we're figuring that out. Um, I, it just but, happened. It just happened with Nathan McKinnon, who signed to be the most... Uh, or highest paid player, right? It, it was uh, same setting, 32 thoughts. It was Nathan McKinnon's interview. And, and you know, they said, so, you know, something is something up. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're you're crossing your T's and you're dotting your lower lowercase J's. You know what I mean? Like that's right. the uh, that's a Wayne's World reference for those who don't know. Go watch that. Go watch party that on. movie. Uh, party on. Um I wish that was our sign off. That would have been great. <laughs> I wish we had just kind of uh, organically could did that. Nah, I, you, you already have you already have a shtick. Like we're, we're till next time. Party on. I don't it know. I, I, I like our. I it does, but I like our thing. Like we're we're in it now. We're, we're <laughs> we just we just do it. But I, yeah, I, I think that's a little bit of the the problem, you know. And again, Barzell goes at length to say and he takes the time to say i want to be here this is great i love my life and lemuel's like that's a dumb question more or less you know i'm Barzell's biggest yeah. fan what's crazy is that like that's a lot for lemurillo but it's still not very much for us to to go on i think the subtext is yes obviously they're having that conversation he's an rfa it's a little bit different of a situation i read into barzell's in two or three years a little too much i think that like i paused it for a second i was like 
another bridge like there's no way there's no way he's signing for two or no. three years at that no. at that point um and then becoming an uh you know ufa at 27 20 28 years old um he's he's for sure gonna you know make sure he gets his paycheck and you know he's Although, getting I'll he's gonna get I'll seven or eight this. years regardless i'll say this um listening to who's i listening to friedman uh no sorry retract uh redact uh, i was listening to Saravali and Gregor, and they were talking about how the NHL should adopt a five-year maximum contract for players um, just because of the ever-growing uh, salary cap, um, which not next year, but the year after is projected to jump to like $91 million. And, you know, keeping that in consideration and, and in mind, does a player like Barzell maybe go a little shorter term, work out another contract when the cap salary cap is higher, make a, a higher AAV? Not saying that that's what he's thinking right now, um, but maybe you know maybe in the future once that salary cap finally does make that jump, you know you may, maybe things change in in the uh, contract negotiations in you know league wide because. You know, players. You look at look at Sidney Crosby right now. Sidney Crosby is like the fifteenth highest player paid in the NHL. Yeah, 15th. it's all about percentage of the cap at the time. You know, like yeah. the deal looks. They'll a deal with Barzell will look like it hurts up front, but over time it should get. That, that was the problem with the salary cap uh, stagnating and, and kind of staying yeah. where it was. A lot of these GMs. That signed extensions in two thousand, the summer of two thousand nineteen, or signed players in two thousand nineteen, um, or extensions during the season, it hurt them a lot when the cap just like didn't go up, and they were like, "Oh, it'll be right. like whatever ninety five million um, in in a few years." The, right, you know, they'd be such a small percentage of the cap. Um, in the first couple of years, it might hurt, but it you know it'll be okay. Um, yeah, that that it's a possibility. I really don't want to talk too much about. <laughs> that just because we're we'll, we'll i mean i guess it's still the summer we don't have a whole lot to to discuss but i don't want to get down that rabbit hole certainly yeah, no. not during the season but it was interesting that points here i think i really liked his personality coming out a little bit though i it was just oh, for it, sure. you know seeing an islander i think just kind of being themselves and um i wish they had done one with with anders lee as well because i think he's he seems like a really kind of fun guy as well um but it was cool to see Barzell and really like, you know, talking up Long Island and, and all of that. I think the, the, the tough part is it seems like he really does want to get involved a little bit more with, with PR and, and getting out there and doing his own deals and doing all this kind of stuff that a lot of other players are doing with brands and whatever. Um, it would be cool to have a player like that kind of represent the team and the Island and the franchise and all of that. Yeah. Um, in, in a unique way that we haven't seen where like, you know, years ago they didn't use Ziggy Palfi um, in that respect, and, and he was far and away the best Islander and and one of the best scorers of, of that generation. That doesn't get talked about enough. Criminally underrated during yeah. during that time. Um, so it would be cool for Barzell to be kind of leveraged in that way yeah, a little and, bit more uniquely. I, I love how um, you know Marek ended that that whole segment off too with they're sitting on a gold mine with Matthew Barzell. And uh, I, I just, I think that's, those are true words. Haven't been spoken at this point about Lamarolo, Um There were some pretty quick comments about two hopefuls for the roster coming into this, this year um, in Dufour in Ratu. Um, do you want to go over his quotes Maybe what it means for them. Um, yeah. They seem to be destined for Bridgeport, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much, you know, the way I read it. He, he, he said, if I had a crystal ball, I'd say they're not ready for the NHL at this point. When it comes to young players, I'd rather have them come up too late rather than too soon. So... That hurts. It, I don't like hearing that. It, I don't it, love it. Especially other teams having such success with young players that are just hungry. Right. And it there's really no room for them. And and that if that's what he had said, it would be believable. 
Hey, we have right. a, we have a veteran group that I, we have a veteran group that I believe in. And if it, if there becomes an opportunity for them to get um, a shot, they'll be at the top of that list. Um, as it stands right now, I said it a few months ago, I like this roster. Um, I don't see a spot for them at this moment. Right. That's different. This, yeah, this, I don't like, I don't like so this here's marinating the, forever kind of deal. Well, now I want to, I want to backtrack that a little, just a little bit because, and play a little bit of devil's advocate. Do I love that? He said he doesn't think that they're ready. No. Um, but does it, does it surprise anybody? Lamorello traditionally makes sure his prospects season a little bit. Um, and like he said, I'd rather them season a little too long if I have to. However, you know, the thing is with, with Ratu and DeFour, look, they were phenomenal this year in their respective leagues. No doubt about it. Uh, small taste for Ratu, but DeFour hasn't gotten any yet. They're both going into their first year as a professional in the North American game, um, or in, in Ratu's case, the North American game. Well, and, the, for the pros, you know, North American. In, in both their cases in North American professional, yes. It would be good for them to play the North American style at the AHL level first. Um, get a taste down there. And look, like if if it if they quickly acclimate and, and they're performing well and they can help the Islanders this season some at some point, yeah, absolutely call them up. I, I think that Lamorello needs to be open to that. I think that he needs to you know, get away from the rely on my vets. They've been there, done that kind of thing because the league is getting younger. Um, but that being said, Simone Holmstrom, uh, he's a guy I could see making the leap before those two just because he's already got a few seasons under his belt. He took a big step last season. And I think it's one of those things where Ratu and, and DeFore may have higher ceilings. Um, but I think Holmstrom may just be a little bit more prepared because like I said, two years already, uh, in the AHL, you know, won an abbreviated season, but, you know, it was just that for him, right? There was the abbreviated season, and then last year was a was a full one, and that's when he really took a step forward, right? You saw him him make a a, a real good leap last year. And I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, he's a, a home run prospect. He's got to be in the top six. He'd probably be a good third liner at the NHL level. And and look, if he can go to camp and and, and battle for – left wing three. Don't get me wrong. I love Zach Parise. I think that um, he's a, an excellent player, especially at this point in his career, but he is 38. So if at 750,000, if he's going to sit down and be a 13th forward, fine. Because if Simone Holmstrom can really fight for that spot and, and, and force his way into the lineup and make it hard for Lambert not to put him in, then that can only mean good things for the Islanders. Here's a little bit of the issue with that and it's not wrong it's just not possible unless they waive somebody well that's the thing right like there's there's literally i'm not saying there's no room like there's no room in the lineup i'm saying on their 23 man 23 player roster after they waive richard panic presumably and he's he's in bridgeport or loaned or wherever he goes they're at 22 players. Right. They need a seventh defenseman. We'll we'll talk about what the options are for that in a second. There's just no room. Unless somebody goes on IR, and then they have to be outplaying Kiefer Bellows or Ross Johnston. Depends on where they are. If they're right. on the road, they'll have Bellows and Johnston with them. It's easier to just plug them in. You don't really have a choice. But once they get back, home and they or they have time to get a player out to wherever they're going to do wherever they're playing if they choose to do that they have to have the confidence of the coaching staff at that particular time to be put in over bellows that's the real um or or uh, johnson i although that's a much easier choice for me unless it's you know martin or or clutterbuck at a certain point although i wouldn't I really don't want Martin and Johnson in the lineup at at the at the same time, even with Sizikas down the middle. Um, so, like, they just don't really have the room. I I don't I don't see how it's possible. That's that's kind of the issue here. And if that again, that's what Lamorello said. 
is, you know, with the way that our roster is right now, um, they don't, we don't really have the room and I'd like for them to, to go down and, and get a taste of that North American game. It's just the way that he says things, I think just rubs me the wrong way. Like he's trying to be coy about it. Um, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I'd say they're not ready. Dude, screw off. <laughs> like I just, I'd rather have them come up too late and too soon. That's, that's nonsense. That doesn't mean anything. Say that they need time playing the North American professional game. You're a general manager, for God's sakes. Be professional. You're, you're. I, I just don't understand all this beating around the bush. It just, it serves nobody. No one's gonna badmouth you to say, "I want my these are these are some of our top prospects. I want them developing with with Brent Thompson and that coaching staff in Bridgeport." And they need time in the professional game. You know, um, Rachu had that experience. Dufour has not yet. Um, it's going to take some time. Um, they can they can earn a spot eventually if if an opportunity arises. That's completely up to them. Yeah. That would send a message. That would send a message to them. Not, I. It's it's nothing. Right. What he what he said is is nothing. It just it just leaves I think people more aggravated that it was completely written off immediately. Like he saw them in person for five days and then was like, no. Now again, it's not really possible. Like he'd have to do some do some movement, and it was hard to do this summer apparently. Um. So, be that as it may, I think again that the one of the questions that we have is about that that sixth uh defensive spot uh yeah. presumably next to mayfield and it seemed to me anyway pretty clear that Salo was there um aho seemed to kind of be around as the other player in the mix it didn't seem like he was ready for some kind of full-time uh job it, it, it you know with sallow they seemed like they can split time but that doesn't seem as clear um after this this week in training camp no, um, you know, some interesting, interesting dialogue from certain people, you know, you, you expect Salo, Aho and Cholosky to, to maybe battle it out. Um, and I say Cholosky loosely just because of his history, right? He's been in the NHL a little while, um, albeit he bounced around a little bit and he's a, he's a first round draft pick that hasn't quite worked out yet. He hasn't stuck. Um, and, and that's, that's the issue regarding his game. You know, he doesn't have it defensively. He has all the offensive tools, but um, guys like, you know, Grant Hutton have been on the record saying they know it's there for the taking. And he's a guy that has experience on his offside. You know, he's played the left side as a right-handed defenseman. So look, if, if Hutton really impresses, like you said earlier, Lambert said he's coming to camp with an open mind. It, it doesn't seem impossible. It's tough if I'm Lambert. Uh, it's tough because I really want Sallow to show me he's the guy um, if the blue line is supposed to be more mobile and more offensive. Um, but, you know, if a guy like Sallow forces his way on, you take that. Yeah, Hutton seems like a weird choice to me, being that not even just because he's right-handed, but because he's really a replacement for for Mayfield, possibly, after the season. Um so I'm not exactly sure having two of the same player on a pair if Romanov right. and Dobson are indeed that that pairing, that second pair. And that makes sense. And that's why it's tough, like I said, tough for me if I'm Lambert because you want it to be Sallow. You want that mobile guy with the offensive flair, someone who can possibly you know have some power play two time because he's not going to take power play one from Dobson. But like you know, if you can, if you can put in a, a Devin Tay's light back into the lineup. You want that. Yeah. And I think having Aho there um, pushing him a little bit um, as a little bit more of a quote veteran presence. Um, Sal still has to earn his time. It's not just a given that he'll get the majority of the, of the games just because he's a younger guy. I think he's still going to have to earn those, those minutes. Um, and those games for for sure, I, and and having those two there, um, are they both from Finland? Am I making that up? 
or is Aho? Um, Salo is Swedish. Salo is Swedish. Okay, so it's different. I figured, you know, but even still, it's 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 similar enough. Maybe they they can kind of help each other in that way too. Um, you know, Aho can be a little bit of a um a mentor to to Salo one way or another. Just having kind of been around and gone through his own struggles, like you know, you were saying about Boy Truck and the adversity. Um, you know, I think it's healthy competition, but I think they can also help each other. Um, Chalowski, I, I have no idea. Right. I, I don't, I think that's a good, you know, lefty version of Grant Hutton with a different skill set, like veteran guy to have around. Um, you don't want to have to use him. Hutton, I, I don't think is that case. I think he played really well last season. And I do think if Mayfield doesn't come back, Hutton is a, a two year younger version of, of Mayfield. You, you just plug him in on the right side in that third pair. Um, after this season, you, you know, the guy you trust him, um, that's his time. He'll come in at whatever 28, 29, like Mayfield is this season. If, if Mayfield doesn't come back and, and, and resigns, you have Hutton. I believe he has another year after this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't have it in, in front of me, but, or maybe another couple of years now that I'm now that I'm looking at it. So it's it's, it's entirely possible that he is the future third pair, just not this season. Um, right. S- Sallow makes it makes a lot of sense. I if you're not going to do it in the forward group and you have an opportunity to get a lot younger on the back end, um, and you do have somebody like Aho that presumably you trust, you brought him back. You didn't have like Bellows. You didn't have to do that. And if you're doing it just because you know them and then you're going to punish them and not play them, that's very confusing. It's confusing to me as a fan. It, it can't be great for them as players. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the, the, the thought process. It seems like it's a lot of business and not a lot of like tactical. How does it actually get used decisions? Um, again, like Chara, all oh, the after effects of Chara being around the team for a year are going to play pay dividends for years in the moment that, wasn't good like right. it clearly wasn't work so like we, we can't just keep going on that assumption and that mindset forever eventually you need to just kind of put young players in um and surround them with the veterans that they're going to succeed whether that's on or off the ice so it's definitely a little confusing for me um did you have other notes from that camp um i did see some stuff about Dufour. um yeah. And, and Raju, but I think to, to kind of wrap up here, I was wondering what else you saw that, that kind of stuck out as uh, the main group gets set to take the ice this week. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, we're learning a lot more about William DeFore. And, you know, I, I'm still, in my mind at least, Ratu is still the number one prospect in this uh, in this system just because he's had the previous experience playing against higher-level competition. Um, but, you know, reading up about the four today and how he went through and, and say what you want about, um, you know, player development, but off ice factors factor in more than, you know, it, whether you want to uh, accept that or not off ice factors play a huge role in how players develop and, you know, the thing with with the four is he was a fifth round draft pick. However, and, and the line that I read today, I believe it was at a Kevin Curse's article was it was almost like he was sitting right there in front of everybody in plain sight for anybody to take before the fifth round. And they didn't. All the tools were there. The make was there. You know, his shot. You can't teach his shot. It's an NHL caliber shot. Um you know, you can't teach the size that he has. You can't teach the stature. The thing about what he went through off the ice, if you haven't read Kevin Kurz's uh, latest article, was that he was, you know, helping his mom battle cancer. And, you know, luckily she's she's OK now. And, and um, they're they're on the other side of it. Um, she's still, you know, taking medication and whatnot. But off of the ice, like, you know, when he wasn't playing hockey, he was taking care of his mother, going to doctor's appointments with her, making you know, cooking for her, housekeeping, like all those things, w- w- those are definitely a factor. Um, and then you saw, you know, when things started to get better for them off the ice, 
things got really good for William DeFore on the ice. So um, I think a lot of his development has to just do with the off ice factors and, and that things are, are going well for him. And, you know, it's not to say he's one of those, those players who has issues, you know, with his headspace. It's not like that. He was going through something with, and, and, you know, something that he couldn't control off the ice. So um, yeah, it, it's looking like, at, at, at one point, the Islanders' um, prospect pool, not too long ago, too, was was spoken about as being rather weak. Um, and now, you know, not to say that there's any any A grade prospects in the pipeline that are you know going to carry this team to Stanley Cup number five, but it's at least stronger in the sense that there are now players in the system who are at some point hopeful to be serviceable NHLers. If I'm not mistaken, I saw Corey Pronman's prospect ranking. The Islanders are up to 23 from. 31. Yeah, I think I think that they have definitely jumped up a little bit, and that's because you know guys like DeFore had the season he had. Roth, who did the same thing, he had a he had an excellent season as well. Um, and they did pretty good in in, in the last draft. I'm really high on Isaiah George, and we'll talk about him in a second because he actually did get hurt yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, John. I did. Um, he was was he he was helped off. Uh, I think yeah, he, he crashed into the boards or yes. Uh, so lower body injury as, as of right now. There's no timetable on when he will return to the ice. But um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm high on a player like him who, before he made the comparison himself, um, you know, I was I was saying to to myself, you know, if, if you can skate. If you're a good skater, that's half the battle in in the NHL. And he's a, uh, I think in the last draft he was ranked one of the best skaters. And um, I forget what the test is called, but at the combine he he had the highest vertical. Hmm. Um, and he was labeled like the most athletic guy there. So, you know, he was also uh, the 15th ranked North American defenseman. Um, you know, he went back to London to play for the London Knights and he was automatically on their top pair. He compares himself to Miro Heiskanen of the Dallas Stars and Gustav Forsling of the uh, Forsling of the uh, the Florida Panthers. And I think that if you can get a player um, who's maybe maybe not Miro Heiskanen or Forsling, but Heiskanen Forsling light uh, in the fourth round, I think the Islanders got a really good player there. Uh, I think Kalo Delius is a very good player who's not at training camp, but um, another excellent skater who was projected to be a first round talent and fell to the second round to the Islanders, much like Ratu did. It, it's just, and you know, Holmstrom took a step forward so far. And um, I'm interested to see how Tristan Lennox is going to develop as a goaltender. I, I, I just, I have this sneaking suspicion that the Islanders prospect pool is a lot better than a lot, you know, of, of the credit that they're not getting. Um Samuel Bolduck, like he's a player who he went through a ton of injury and, and COVID uh, uh, issues last season that, you know, unfortunately took away from a year of his development. But the season before that, you know, he was he was being spoken about. Is he the next guy up in, in the pipeline? So I think this is going to be the first real season for everyone. You know, last season was what it was with all the um, the COVID issues that were happening in the beginning of the season. But it seems like we we could be past all that that stuff now, um, and, and everybody, presuming that they're healthy, could now finally take that step forward. And I think the Islanders, like I said, nobody nobody's gonna gonna wow you, and they're gonna be grade A prospects. But I think they have at least now a couple of guys who are serviceable at some point to be NHL players. That's a great wrap up. Um, it's it's kind of good to know that there are those opportunities for the Islanders down the line. Um, like I said before about the core of this team, um, it'll be kind of nice to see how that develops over time with with the kind of younger, you know, 25 and under players on the current NHL roster and then players like, yeah. um, you know, that they kind of have. And you don't need a lot. You just you really just need a few and then you can surround them with other veterans. So it's entirely possible that um, all this works out uh, pretty well for the team. Yeah. Um, is I think that's all we have for this week, though. Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, I think that's it. We can call it a wrap there. 
please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassiman Hockey. You can find James's work at the fourth period. You can find my work at the Hockey Writers. Uh, make sure to sign up for Isles Fix on Substack. Uh, that'll be coming back any week now with um, with news and updates on um, a weekly and, and daily basis. And uh, Mr. Nichols, bring us home. Until next time, everyone. Let's go Islanders.